0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Daily Mic Drop. I am Mike Zacchio, and as always, I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy nights to spend some time chatting with me on this wonderful Tuesday evening. If you don't mind, I'm going to tweet you off a little bit. So well, many of you know that I watch the show Tea with Gary Vee every morning. My goal is to get a Twisted Tea sponsorship on the show and then just change the, the name entirely to Twee with Mike Z or something like that. Uh, I'm very excited for tonight's episode, um, but before we get to that, I just want to take a quick second to thank everyone who reached out via DM, comments, text messages, whatever, for their kind words about last night's episode. It was definitely a change of pace from what I normally like to do on these shows, Um, definitely a moment of vulnerability and just something I wasn't sure if I was going to do, and it was just kind of uh, a unique experience to do, and the fact that y'all... Seemed to receive it very warmly and, and to reach out with the kind words, it really meant a lot. And I just wanted to let you all know that I genuinely appreciate it. So yeah, so I'm very excited for tonight's episode because I've wanted to have a real conversation with this person for years. Like, legitimately years. Um She's a former staff writer at Thought Catalog, the digital magazine that I'm sure many of you have probably read at some point or another. Um, that's where we connected. She is a author of three, not one, not two, count them, three books. Uh, a writing and empowerment coach, an editor uh founder of her own company and also a bonus mom which we will be talking a lot about tonight please give a warm welcome to marissa donnelly i'm gonna pull her on there we go marissa (laughs) there we go second time's a
1: challenge that's funny it was like it it showed that i was connected and i was like hey but i don't know anyways
0: hey uh so yeah so for you i mean you have a pretty full resume for uh for someone your age so i'm curious like you know just kind of for the people who obviously don't know you, like just kind of tell us about like your, your background and your journey from how you got started in writing and everything and then how you got to uh, where you are now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. First, I just want to say thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate um, it.
0: Don't mention and it at all.
1: <laughs> it's awesome to connect with you as well. I, um, I've been following your work for several years, so it's really nice to actually kind of meet face-to-face, even though we're virtual.
0: <laughs> I, well, I, I've always said I need to get out to California one day And literally every single person that I've ever talked to says San Diego is the most beautiful part of California So I've always said if I'm going to go to California, I'm going to go to San Diego probably uh, But if I ever do, I'll definitely reach out and we can hopefully get like tea or coffee or whatever
1: Absolutely, i love that Awesome. Um, okay, so a little bit about me So my name is Marissa Donnelly um, I have been a writer and editor for many years Started my professional journey out at Thought Catalog. I was a staff writer and editor for STEM for about three years, but even prior to that, just always been passionate about the written word and um, always been interested in both the writing and the um, teaching end of things. So when I eventually parted ways with Thought Catalog, my whole vision was to create something that would blend my passion for teaching and for writing together um, because I just felt so working for a bigger publication it's just such a challenge to really get to invest in people and really help them build their work and for me just with my background in teaching i really wanted to help develop individual people and just um, grow their writing and also um, just provide content and just be able to write for different places so that's kind of what started my business which is be a light collective Um, i started that almost three years ago and it's a blend of content writing um, editing tutoring and writing coaching and so kind of the the whole gamut of everything related to writing editing and um yeah and helping people build their own voices
0: excellent uh so for you i mean because obviously that's where the bulk of where how we got to know each other whatnot so how would you kind of describe your experience at thought catalog because i know there was a point where like thought catalog was like this monster and then like it just seemed like they were making like cuts left and right and slashing everyone
1: um it was I enjoyed my experience there. I, like I said, I was there for three years. I started off as one of their um, core, like, content uh, writers and editors, so I did both the publishing end of things, like creating my own content, and then the um, editing and working with contributors. For me, it just was, with the contributors, like, we were receiving hundreds of submissions. Like, I personally was receiving hundreds of submissions every week, and so it just, like, what really, I think, kind of inspired me to create my own company was just wanting to invest in those people and not having it be like, accept, reject, you know, um, and just being able to provide personalized feedback. But overall, my experience with that Catalog was great. I, it, I enjoy, um, you know, still having my content up there and being able to share articles. It kind of went through, I think, some craziness, but, you know, overall, good terms. I
0: remember there was a point in my life like I was contributing a a decent amount and I remember saying like, God, I would love to work for this place because like I get to write about all these things that I love and get paid for it. Like it sounds like the dream job and I actually had a sit down with the CEO and he was kind of like telling me about what it all entailed. He's like, yeah, we expect about, you know, like four articles a day. I'm like, four four articles a day. So I I sit there and I immediately thought of like you, Rania, Lauren, Heidi, like all of like the the all-stars that like I loved reading and I'm like, how the hell do they do this? Like, so for you, like I've always been fascinated by how do you keep coming up with that much fresh content every single day?
1: That's a great question. I don't know. I think I just take things from like, I I pull a lot from conversations. Like sometimes I'll have a really inspiring conversation with somebody and I'll just like reflect on it and just write a bunch of things down. Um, I'm guided a lot by like headlines. So I'll create like really interesting title topics and just keep a running list of them. So the next time that I'm like, free to
0: write. It's something that, cause I, even now like I struggle with, even though I don't like contri- contribute to ThoughtCalc, like, but just in terms of like trying to put out content of like quote posts and obviously like, you know, I do this every night, but I still want to have other fr- other content that there's times I'm like, like what am I gonna talk about? Like when I was doing a podcast, it's like how do I, like, and I was just coming up with like one topic a week. Sometimes I would be like struggling and this. I'm like, how do they come, come up with all this? Like every single day, but I'm glad to hear like, cause my process was very much similar to yours. And now like I would think of like a good topic or title and then just kind of like, okay, I'm going to write the story around that. Whereas like in journalism, it was always write the story and then the topic or the, the, uh, the headline will come to you. So I've, it's interesting how like you kind of have to reverse engineer when you're like creating um, different types of content. Um, for you, uh, how did you get into like coaching and, and whatnot? Like what, like how did that kind of come about? I mean, obviously everyone could say like, you know, oh, I want to be a coach. I want to help people. But how did you actually make it a reality?
1: um i i think it all just started with I, so i have a background in teaching i have a teaching license and i think it just started from wanting like i said to pour into individual contributors and really help and while i was actually going through my student teaching is when i was throwing my content out at different publications like at the same time and so when i started working you know in the writing world i didn't want to give up on that teaching and i was always doing tutoring and i was always creating curriculum um and still staying active in the teaching world And then when I started my business, I was like, okay, I'm just combining all this. And um, coaching really came about from the the desire to really show people how to create content that not only pulls in their audience, but like has the different aspects of like the SEO and um, conversational and talking. A big point for me is also the vulnerability, like just really teaching people how to use their words to impact others. So being vulnerable, allowing yourself to talk about Things that people are often shying away from—that's a big thing for me because I think the uh, written word and the way we connect with people in that way is just so powerful. And if you can tap into that and you know really allow yourself—you allow yourself to speak on something—I think you were talking about this idea even at the beginning of this video, how you had a very vulnerable and open, um, you know, uh, live show last night, and it's like that really allows connections to be built, and it really allows people to see different aspects of everybody's personality and. Also to remind us we're not alone. So I think the vulnerability for me in the writing end is huge.
0: It seems like you've already accomplished so much in your life for being someone so young. Like what else is on your bucket list? I'm curious.
1: Um, So I have actually a full manuscript for a book that I'm sitting on. I actually created it many years ago, probably like four years ago. Um, And I think I just prioritized other things. But I do have a full manuscript that I'm planning to publish. Um, I have that are in the works, I have a YouTube channel that is ready for launching, and I'm also pursuing my masters currently. So I have kind of a lot going on.
0: How? How do you do it, like, how? I, I, like I've, like, I, again, i followed your work and your social media that I'm like, I'm always amazed at how much you have already done and how many hoops and how many balls you juggle at the same time that I'm like, and, and these are all the things like I didn't even know you were still, like how, like where do you find the time to do all of this? Uh,
1: I don't find the time really. <laughs> I'm just like a very much I'm a list oriented person. I love to do lists. I love the excitement about adding Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> just like here you go. This is today.
0: Oh, and, and like, I have a and I have a laptop up here with like all the questions I wanted to ask. So it's like yeah. I got my, my to do list of like life and then I got like my notes over here. So I'm right there with you.
1: You know, if I were to be like really honest about it, I, I feel like for the longest time I struggled with feeling like I don't know like just feeling shame about being I don't even know if I like the term perfectionist but like I felt a lot of shame about being a doer and a person who was like always working because people would always say like you need to slow down and you need to be less and you know stop like I was always encouraged to just slow down which I think from all those people it was well-meaning advice for sure I think they were coming from a good place but I just really struggled with like that guilt and shame. And over the last few years, I think honestly, since I launched my business, because when you launch a business, it's like, you have to be working your butt off. Yeah. You have to be all in. And so when I launched it was like, okay, I'm embracing this full throttle um, and, you know, watching it grow. And I think once I launched, I really kind of came into this place of like, you know, I'm, I'm going to own this identity. This is who I am. I'm list driven. I'm hardworking. I'm a go-getter. Like I don't stop, but this is who I am. And when I kind of like, owned that. I mean, I'm still working on like learning to rest and stuff. But when I owned that, it just really like showed me that the only limits we have on ourselves are ourselves and our own minds. Um, and this isn't like to glorify the hustle, but I think to some extent, like if you want something for yourself, you have to work really hard to get it. And I think our culture sometimes either flies on like the way hustle or like the no, just relax. So I'm like trying to find my own happy medium.
0: Well, I'm curious, what is your, what are you studying your master's degree in?
1: So I'm going into uh, teaching reading education. So I really wanted to dive in and really support my business in terms of like creating curriculum, having new ideas and just being able to like take the next step in really supporting um, my clients. So it's just something I'm thinking about for a long time. So I'm actually really excited about it.
0: And um, so is coaching like everything that you're doing with with the writing coaching? Is that all like your full time job now?
1: Yeah, it's been my full-time job for three years. Um, I do, like, with the teaching end of things, I will, um, like, right now I am actually doing some uh, part-time teaching through my business at a private school, and actually uh, part-time assistant directing over there, actually. It's, like, it's all under the umbrella of my business, but it just has so many different facets, but I think, for me, that's just been the best part, because I never wanted to be pigeonholed, like, oh, you're only writing this, or you're only coaching these people, or you're only teaching, like with my business, I can kind of do everything, which is, yeah, which has been fun. I
0: was going to so since moving from, like, you know, you're working for someone to working for yourself, do you feel, you know, like, more fulfillment in your life? And does it, like, does, does it match with everything, like, you expected it to be?
1: Yeah, it's been that and more. I mean, it's been really hard, but I think, for me, like, I have always been intrinsically motivated, so it's just great to kind of have the ability to dictate my own schedule and, um... You know, it's also like the ownership, like just knowing that the hard work that I'm putting in will build this, you know, and if it flops, it's because I failed, you know, like that kind of ownership, like really motivates me to keep going and to really build something that I'm not only proud of, but that's also really helping other
0: people as well. And we have our our one viewer question that was submitted in. Um, what is it that inspires you in life? That's
1: a really good question. Um...
0: And they also added, love you, Marissa, just so I'm assuming oh. it's someone that you know, but. Oh, that's really
1: sweet. Um, you know, it, you'd think it's like the inspiration question would be super easy to answer, but I feel like it's kind of hard success. I don't know. I think lately with everything going on with coronavirus, I feel like I've just been really inspired by having um, open conversations with people and people's willingness to like be transparent about how they're feeling right now. Like, I started on my Facebook page every Saturday morning. I just go live and do, like, a virtual coffee date. Um, and I call it Coffee Collective, and I just have people join me live and just, like, talk literally for an hour. And that's been really fun to, like, see people be really transparent and open and to talk about things that are on my heart. So I think lately I've just really been inspired by people's vulnerability. And then I'm also just inspired by um, by my family. Like, uh, my boyfriend has a 11-year-old, and – He's just like, every day is a new adventure with him. Cause with the quarantine, you know, we're at home. So I'm also like his full-time mom, teacher, caregiver, all of the things. Um, and as crazy as that's been, it's also like really inspiring to just see the world through his eyes more.
0: So it's actually a perfect segue. Cause that was actually my next question. So like the main reason I wanted to bring you specifically on is because like you are a self-proclaimed bonus mom, which by the way, I love that title. Um, how like how did you meet your boyfriend, and uh, what were your initial thoughts going into that situation of dating a, a single father?
1: Yeah, so um, I actually met him. This is such a funny story. I actually met him out at a bar in the town, the little beach town that um, I live in, and it's funny because at the time, like. I was just not trying to go out. I was wearing um, sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Like, my friends dragged me out, um, just had no interest in, like, <laughs> going out. And, of course, that's the night that I meet, like, an amazing guy. And he was kind of in the same boat, too. He had been, like, dragged out by a drunk friend, kind of not wanting to, like, follow him around anymore, wanting to go home. Um, so I just think that's funny. And it's also funny because it's, like, not the typical scene for, like, either of us either. Um, it's not like, I, I don't know. I'm just not, like, a let's meet people at bars kind of person. Um And so when I, when I met him, like, I don't know, it was just a, it it was just like a weird situation. And I feel like we just really clicked. And then at the time, like I had straight up said to him, like, Hey, cause we like hit it off and we were like talking at the bar and flirting and everything. And I was just like, Hey, you know, like, I'm not going to like go home with you. So just (laughs) FYI, and I just like threw it out there and then I just expected like, Nothing to come of it. I was just like, you know, that's not me. Like, I don't do one night stands. So like, it's nice getting to know you by. Um, and then he was just like, no, like, that's actually great. You know, do you want to get sushi? And so long story short, we ended up just like spending the rest of the night, like walking around Ocean Beach and talking. And one of the first things that came up was that he had a son. Um, and what impressed me about like the way he brought up his son was that it came up so quickly. It wasn't like something he was hiding and that he also has his son full time. And so, like, from the start, he was open about it, and I was kind of, like, I remember thinking, like, at the time, like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I love kids, and I'm not ready to have my own kid. Um, and I met him when I was 23, so that was, like, my first thought of, like, oh, I love kids. Like, it wasn't, like, a, oh, shoot, you know, it was kind of like, oh, cool, I'm not ready for that. That's great. <laughs> so, anyways, long story short, um, yeah, it, it just, the relationship grew, and after a couple months I met his son and meeting his son the the best way that I could explain it was like I just looked at him and I was like okay like I I, like I could already see that like it could work if that makes sense like they say like love at first sight but it kind of was like that with like with him as a kid I just kind of looked at it at him and I was like you know I could see myself being like a part of this family and it was just kind of a, I, I talk about it a lot. Like, I started a website um, that's dedicated to, like, my bonus mom experience and experiences with others. And, like, one of the, the posts about, like, that I wrote just about my experience in general was, like, it's a, it was an unconscious feeling. I, like, met him, and it was, like, I knew I already loved him before I even got to know him. And it's just been a really interesting journey because my bonus mom experience has been, like, Stepping in, and um, because my boyfriend has to son full time, I became full time mom. Um, so that's been a really a crazy and wonderful journey, and yeah, yeah. I'm I feel blessed. I guess is the best way I could put it.
0: I hear like a lot. I've had some people like single parents whatever like reaching like you know when should I introduce you know my child to the person I'm seeing, or you know I know my this person has. Like I'm seeing a single mom. One person reached out and they were like, you know, they have their child, like, meet the person, like, almost like on the first date. And it's pretty much, if the child doesn't like you, that ends that. And I'm like, I mean, I get I get where they're going. Like, to me, like, you know, I think the child should always come first if, as as a parent. But at the same time, I'm also like, I don't know if, like, if, I, if I start seeing someone and I have a child, I'm going to be like, so what do you think of her? I don't like her. Okay, well, we're done. Like, I don't know that I would do that. Like, I, I was raised by a single mom and, like, she was very much like once it's stable you'll meet them whatever so like she didn't have like a stable of men coming around or anything and like one thing that we've also connected is like i dated a a single mom and like so i I know those like that feeling of what coming into someone else's life or like you know kind of dating like a package deal thing um i'm curious because like now given everything that i experienced and now everything that you're currently going through like What were people in your life telling you, mainly in those early months? Like, did they tell you you were crazy? Did they they approve of it? Or what was going on?
1: Um, I think there was a lot of judgment on how soon my boyfriend, James is his name, how soon James introduced me to his son. Um, It was like two months in. So there was like a lot of pushback from people that I thought, like, like like close friends and people that were very close to me just being like, oh, you know, like this is silly. and." you know, people trying to talk me out of it. Um, Yeah, I mean, to be really honest with you, I actually lost a lot of friendships just in my life changing. Um, Not even really, like, that people... It wasn't like, oh, I don't approve of this, so I'm going to, like, you know, you do you, but more of just, like, as my life changed and I stepped into this new, like, stage, it really um, distanced me from a lot of people that I thought were close, so that was really, really hard. Like, the first year of us living together, and not only sharing a space with, a, you know, a man that was the first boyfriend I'd ever lived with, but not only sharing a space with him, but his, you know, his son, and then also being a mom, and also stepping into the role of, you know, mom, teacher, advocate, he has special needs, so it was just like a whole thing, um, and I think I grew a lot in that first year, and that really changed my, my friendships. I lost a lot of friends, and that was hard, but I don't know. I've also... Realize that sometimes when people kind of when it doesn't work out, it's not in alignment anymore. And when you grow, sometimes that shifts things in in ways that really hurt. But um, you know, it, it gets better; it changes for the better.
0: Like one thing that I've struggled with over my 31 years of life is realizing that just because some people have been in your life for a number of years, it does not necessarily mean that they're meant to stay in. Um, some people who are in your life for a long time don't necessarily want the best for you; don't always support everything that you want to do whether it's in life or career or whatever um and also on the flip side like people that you may have known for a few weeks or a month like could be your biggest supporters and, and the best friends that you have and like kind of like accepting the, like it's okay to have this person in my life who is rooting for me and who you know sees the positive out of a situation versus someone who just seems to be shitting on everything that I'm trying to do and and all the happiness I'm trying to bring into my life um so it's just something that so I'm glad you actually touched on it because it was something I was going to ask about like you know did have you seen like a loss of any friendships or anything else um also by, by the way any questions that I ask like if you're ever not comfortable speaking mm-hmm. on something just obviously just say like you know I don't feel comfortable talking about that like I don't want you to feel pressured to answer anything okay. um, I feel like
1: my the writer in me is like yep here it is, not, this is my <laughs> <open blog." laughs> like I literally created a website about my mom experience I, so <laughs> I,
0: I, I figured you'd be very open I just like I said, I, you, you don't necessarily like, I, that's why I, I didn't name him because I didn't know if you wanted his name out there or whatever. I just said like, you know, your boyfriend, how long, like, so you said it took like, like two months until James started bringing his son around and, and whatnot. And you thought that was a, a good time, like for him to, bring it. did feel I, rushed or too soon, too, too late or.
1: Hey, I was really nervous about it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's one of those things, like I just felt like he was the right person so I didn't really hesitate when he was like yeah this is what I want to do I was like okay you know I just trusted that he had like I mean there was a part of me that was like "Is this too early but then I just kind of trusted that he knew his son and their relationship and um a cute little story the day that I met him we took um we took him to a like pumpkin patch and, and he wins this like giant emoji ball and it has like a big smiley face on it and he's like here this is for you and that that was just like I was like okay All right, I'm in, I'm sold. Yeah, it was so sweet. Here's my heart,
0: take it, and just, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, and I don't know the full extent of your relationship and his relationship and and everything, but, like, how did, I don't know if the child's mother is in the picture even at all. Like, what is your relationship with her? How did she feel about having a stranger for all intents and purposes, like, around her son and whatnot?
1: Um, I, so, she is in the picture, um, I don't want to get too much into that, but I think like we've had, I think quarantine has brought out a lot of really fun and interesting emotions. And we've had a moment recently over quarantine that I think like was very positive where she kind of approached me and, you know, said some things that I needed to hear. And I was just kind of like, okay, open the door. Like I, here's, here's our life, you know, here's what we've been doing. Just trying to, um, you know, just open the door and make her more a part of it. So that was really a positive experience for me. Um, but, yeah, I, it's it's come a long way in the journey. And, and yeah, I just hope that it continues to, to grow. And I think the most important thing for me is, like, hoping that my boyfriend's son can see that the people around him love him and that they are willing to, you know, make it work because we
0: love him. What would you say is what? So I always hate like, what is the biggest? What is the number one? Like, cause I feel like it's such a loaded question. So I always like framing it. What is one of? Um, what is one of the biggest challenges of dating a single parent, in your opinion? Um,
1: that's a good question. I I think like listening to your voice and yourself in terms of like, what do you want and what do you feel versus what other people are going to say because everybody will pass judgment on people pass judgment on everything, right? Um, But I think there's another level when you're dating a single parent because when somebody hasn't experienced what that's like, and also when they're coming from a well-meaning place of, hey, I just want to make sure you know that you might be throwing your life out the window to raise somebody else's kid. It's like, thanks for that great advice. Of course I've thought about this, but that's not really where my heart is. So it's kind of like filtering through, what everybody else is saying, and I also think that setting boundaries is really important because I struggled with that a lot. Actually, I was just talking about this in a live video last Friday um, with a partner who we're we're starting a whole vertical for step parents, um, and we talked about like the hardest part of the beginning years. And for me, it was setting boundaries and like coming into my own voice and saying like, "Hey, I need help," or "Hey, I need more support," or like, "Hey, I can't do this right now." That I. It, for me, the first year was like, yep, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and you're going to have lunches and they're going to be organic and we're going to have this and I'm going to be home at this time. And it was just like, yes, 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 to the point where I was like starting to get like really bitter and angry. So learning to set those boundaries and like also listening to yourself is so important.
0: I Did you feel like, I guess, like an obligation to overachieve or, or anything oh, like yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh, it- yeah. It's like I needed in my head, it was like, I need to make up for lost time. And it was also, like, when you come into a child's life at a certain age, like, I came into his life when he was eight, and I was like, oh, my God, I have eight years of things that I have to do. And, like, there was also the stress of, like, you know, (laughs) being raised, like, primarily by your father. I'm sorry. There's things that mothers and fathers do differently. So it was also, like, there's a lot of things that you haven't been taught and that we need to address. And then it was also the responsibility of, like, how are you going to, like, by example obviously you're going to learn this but like I needed to teach him how to like treat women and how to respect women and understand feminism and like so I was like that first year I was like oh my god I have to teach him all this too like when am I gonna... <laughs> <laughs> and of course like through the many months of like stress I also realized that I didn't need to carry all of that on my shoulders and that you know you don't have to explicitly teach everything like the biggest thing is like kids will soak up you and your reactions and what you say and do and how you present yourself. So if you're presenting yourself in a good way or you're trying to do the right thing or like apologizing. If you, you know mess up and you're like, hey, I'm sorry, then they're gonna see that and be like, oh okay, like now I know what I should do when I mess up.
0: I see we have a question from Amanda. Any tips on telling a guy how you feel when you've only been talking online for a year? He lives about two hours away and he works a lot, so I haven't been able to meet him, but I really like him. Any tips on how, so yeah, I mean, Do you want to take that first or?
1: Sure, tips on talking to somebody. Um, I would just say that, you know, the biggest thing that I advocate for is just honesty and vulnerability. So if you really like someone, then just empowering yourself to be, this is how I'm feeling and just see where it goes. I think we have a unique opportunity with COVID-19 and everybody's virtual and everybody is like navigating all of these, new feelings that are coming about being sheltered in place so i would say just you know being really honest about how you feel but also like assessing the situation and making sure that like you know you're not kind of coming out of left field with it either but like feeling that person out and then just being willing to be like hey this is how i'm feeling like how do you feel because if you want it to grow like you have to have that conversation
0: yeah i'm a big advocate for for communication because i think it's one of the the key most pillars of a successful relationship so like I agree with you that, like, you need to be able to be vulnerable and tell them what you're thinking. Um, also, I'm a, a big advocate for making sure that, like, I always say that you're on the same page of the same book. Like, some people are on the same page and they're reading different books. And it's like, oh, yeah. I thought we were I thought we were all good. Like, no, it turns out we weren't even reading the same book. So, like, for, for telling a guy how you feel. When you, I mean, I also, don't, like, this is also me personally. Like, I don't think a year is a short amount of time. Like, like if you would said, like, we've only been talking for a month or two, like, then I can see it. But I'm like, if you've been talking for a year, I feel like you have a pretty good grasp of who this person is, what your relationship is like, and your connection yeah. is like that. I don't know that it's necessarily a problem as far as living two hours away. um Like for me, two hours, it's like, it's a drive, but like, I know my best friend lived in Texas for a while and he was like, two hours is nothing. Like driving two hours to go somewhere, it's nothing. Um And if he works a lot, just making sure that he's putting in the effort, like the, well, I mean the both of you, but like, if he's the one working a lot, like, making sure that he's putting in, like, he's carving out time for you, and he's not just gonna always revert back to, like, oh, well, I work a lot, sorry, like, um, we've been talking for, we've been talking almost every day, but it's more small talk, like, how was your day, and stuff like that, I'm really scared of rejection and getting hurt, um, this is, like, this is something that I always see, is, like, I'm, I'm fear of rejection and, and everything, but also, like, that's the reality of dating, like, that's just, it's, it comes with the terror, like, like the risk is rejection and the reward is lifelong happiness. So, like, and in my experience, the reward, like, so far outweighs the risk that, like, and that's what I've always told myself, like, I feel like if I ever find love, like, true love, it will quash, like, any rejection and any number of rejections that I've ever felt. So, like, my advice to Amanda would be, like, shoot your shot and, like, you know, because to me, I, I would always sh- rather shoot and miss than never get in the game, so to speak, Um, and now speaking from experience, like finding my person, like, I don't really care about any rejections that I've had in my life. Like I may still think about some of them from time to time, but like, it doesn't affect me at all.
1: Yeah. It's like you said, it's far better to try and know, you know, it didn't work out darn as opposed to like, wonder if it could have and like, live your life looking backwards.
0: I want to go through life. And if I fail and if I never achieve my dreams or anything, like, that's fine. I can live with that, but I don't ever want to say, like, man, I really wish I would have tried to do this, or I wish it would have done that before it's too old or too late to to try anything new. Um, what is one of the bigger misconceptions or what is a misconception of dating a single parent from from your experience?
1: Um Oh man, I feel like I, there's so many things that I dated it. Um I think in some ways like people say that it's really, really hard. And like, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's hard. But I think that when you're with the right person, it's not as hard as people make it out to be. Because I, like, I'm in so many different parenting, step parenting, bonus parent groups. And what I see so often is people saying like, you know, this, you know, I'm not supported. This person's attacking me. Like, I feel alone. And I read some of these comments and I'm like, you know, maybe it's just not the right person. Like when you are when if you're coming into a situation and you are basically stepping in and saying, I'm gonna raise this child with you, like that other person has to be your partner because that's like you coming in as the bonus person, that other person has to be the partner because you are choosing to rate like that's your choice, like You know, I look at, like, and I've had conversations with my boyfriend, James, about this, where I'm, like, you know, where sometimes I feel like he's not understanding what I'm saying, and I'm, like, look, you know, this is your son, this is your life, and this is you, and, like, this is already your normal, but, like, I'm coming in, and I'm still trying to navigate it, so you have to be, you have to understand that, you have to partner with me, you should, you know, you you have to support me, even when, like, I'm overreacting about something that's stupid, and I think, like, the issue that people run into is, like, that other person doesn't necessarily see the gravity of the situation or see like how hard it is or they don't appreciate it so that's my like my thing is like it's not that challenging when you're with the right person because the right person will be like oh my gosh let's let's build a life together i'm going to support you i'm going to you know and it doesn't mean you're not going to fight it doesn't mean it's not going to be hard doesn't mean you're not going to have to deal with exes and family and all of that but the right person as a partner as opposed to like making it harder it shouldn't be
0: that hard I agree uh, I see amanda's saying she's uh she's got to go thank you for your questions amanda that I think a lot of people will probably resonate with with your experience yeah, so I feel like with with single parents like I think a lot of people when they just automatically hear like you're dating a single parent or something about a single parent, they automatically assume like there's got to be something wrong with them or, or like there's like some kind of defect or or like or they think of every toxic single parent relationship they've ever seen in TV or in media or whatever. And like, that's what they revert back to. And it's like, no, like, you know, a single parent could just mean like they had a kid and it just didn't work out. Like, and I think that, I think that's overwhelmingly the case versus like the really toxic situations and people just always, I think, think of like the worst case scenarios. I see there was another question in here. How do you ask if you have been talking to someone secretly? Um, We have a hookup situation, but I'm scared of bringing up my feelings. Um, so I've, I've wanted to do something like in other episodes about like, you know, friends with benefits and whatnot. Um, and I don't, so I'm a firm believer of like, kind of like setting the standard early on of like, what are the parameters of the situation? I'm fine. I, I'm an advocate for, you know, sleep around buddies, if you friends with benefits situations, you know, casual dating, whatever you want, as long as both people are consenting and willing to be in the relationship together, um. But if it's something that you guys worked out to say, like you know, hey, it's a hookup situation, but we can hook up with other people. I really, I don't think that there's anything wrong they're doing. Um, But if you're just asking out of curiosity, then I feel like you can ask. um, But also at the same time, you have to kind of be prepared for them to say, "Yeah, I mean, yes, I, I am talking to someone else, but I mean, we're not exclusive or anything like that." So. Um, and if you do have feelings, I would bring it up.
1: Yeah. There's also a point to this question that I'm wondering if like, if they're talking like the element of secrecy, like the fact that it's happening secretly, like, I don't know what, what this person is referencing in terms of like what they're asking, like maybe asking if like, if they can take their relationship to like something more serious. But I think the element of secrecy, like when we're hiding things, it's like, why are we hiding it? Is that person hiding it for a reason? Like, Sometimes it's asking yourself that hard question because anybody that would want to be with you in the, t- in terms of relationship, cause that's just like what I'm assuming that maybe this is asking about, if anybody wants to be in a relationship with you, like they wouldn't keep it a secret and that's really hard to like admit to ourselves, but if someone wants to be with you, they'll be with you openly. It won't have to be like hidden. It would be like very much like, yep, I'm all in.
0: I, I see they commented that we're both single parents too. Uh, but I'm okay with it being a secret for now. Um, but for now, or I'm, I'm okay with it being a secret. But for now, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if he's out there, and I've been loyal to him. Like, as far as loyal, like I've been in a friends with, I've been in a very successful friends with benefits situation because, like, I thought we laid out the ground rules kind of early on of like, hey, this is what it is. If either one of us start catching feelings for one another, you speak up. Like, and that's what it is, and then we'll address it whenever we come to that. Um, like, I think it's a. I think it's good that you know you want to be loyal to him and, and that you're willing to be, but at the same time, like, like if my friends with benefit, like if my friend with benefits said like you know I'm loyal to you, on one hand I'd be like I I appreciate that, but at the same time like I never asked you to be, um, but I'm also an advocate for expressing your feelings. So like if if you're at that that point where like you're hookup buddies, but you also don't want them seeing someone else, and I think it's time to have this conversation of like changing your relationship from a friends with benefits situation. To more of a casual dating situation of like, hey, we're still gonna take this slow and you know and be in the early stages, but like, but we're dating. Like, we're not seeing, and sleeping around, and talking to other people. Like, that's a no go. And and if they're not okay with it, then at least you know you can get out rather than worry about what are they doing behind my back. Because I feel like that unknown will just eat at you and drive you crazy.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, I saw somebody else said I've been into long term relationships with children involved. I've experienced a great mother and a crazy mother, that would be my biggest thought before entering that again. That's a good point. Like knowing, I think there's an element of also like knowing what you're getting yourself into is valuable. But again, I think that goes back to like the idea of when it's right, you'll know. So if you're getting like feelings of like, "Eh, I'm not for sure, I'm not really, you know, I'll see how it goes. Like you have to be all in because when you're raising a child, like you can't be halfway, so you know, if there's an element of like, I don't know if this is right or this, this this X seems like it's going to be a big, you know, trouble or whatever it is, then I think you have to listen to that too and be like really honest with yourself because if you have doubt and it's keeping you like one foot out the door, then don't because then it ends up hurting you and the other people.
0: So like the, the friend with Benefit that I was talking about, like she was also a single mother and like one of the things we actually bonded over during our first date was that, she had a child and that, like, I had raised a child somewhat recently or whatever. And it was just something that just kind of came up organically. It wasn't, like, a, a bomb that I was looking to drop or that she was probably looking to drop on the first date or anything like that. Um, but, like, the fact that we were both on the same page of, like, hey, let's just we'll casually hook up and that's what it is. Like, I also knew, like, I I was not in a place and I don't know that I would have ever get, gotten to a place again of, like, wanting to date a single mother like in a relationship just because I'm like I can't go through that pain again so like respectfully like I don't want to get serious with you because then I know that that will entail getting serious with your child and I'm not ready for that so that's why I would like you know respectfully like I don't I don't want to meet your child I don't need them coming around to and the other thing so the further I could be away from them the better do you think the world views single mothers differently than single fathers
1: I think so I think that single dads are seen primarily as, like, the deadbeat dads, think okay. um, it's very, like, that's just everybody's preconceived notion, not everybody, a lot of people's preconceived notion that, oh, the single dad is probably not in the picture. Um, so for, like, my situation, that was really refreshing to see, like, someone who didn't fit that stereotype, and then kind of in my, like, personal mission to really, like, support my boyfriend and other people in the situation and be like, no, like he's a single father. He's in in the picture full time, you know, and just really like speak like positively over that because I think like unfortunately, single dads like get a bad rap. It's usually like he's not around, he left, he walked out, that kind of thing. We see that far more often. Uh
0: So I probably should have specified because like I, I was thinking more of like, I one I agree with that point and I think it's a great point. Um Like I guess single mothers versus single fathers, like both of whom either have full custody or at least like are are heavily involved in the, in the lives of her. Because like for, for, I guess, for, so like for me, I feel like when I hear like a lot a lot about single mothers, people think like, you know, oh, she's damaged goods, this, that, and the other thing. And then when I hear about like a single father who's involved, it's like, look at him stepping up and like he's such a great parent. And it's like, how do you know that she's not a great parent? And like, how do you know, like, like why is it because like he's like, like, I guess it goes back to that whole like oh you know dad's babysitting no he's he's watching his child he's not babysitting like mm-hmm. they are a parent so it's it's something that I've noticed I just didn't know if you happen to notice something similar to that um,
1: yeah that's that's a really good point I think I don't see as much like in my experience the other side of it but I know that it exists because like I am. I'm in the place where it's like, oh, look at, she stepped in to help as opposed to like, oh, she's a single mom. Like, you know, I, I don't get the single mom thing because that's not me and I don't see the other end of it. So, yeah, but you make a good point. I think a lot of people do say that like, oh, well, why is she single? It's probably because, she, oh, yeah, like you said about being damaged. So I think I think in general, there's just a lot of stereotypes around step parents and around single parents, and that's kind of like... a. A reason why I started the um, the different verticals that I did, like my own bonus mom page and step-by-step uh, Step parents is the other vertical that I co-created with a um, guy Franco Zavala, who is also a, a stepdad, stepdad of five kids. Um, and so like our mission is kind of like, hey, let's talk about this. Let's change the narrative. Let's, you know, let's make this different so that there's less judgment and all all around.
0: Um, what would you say you have learned Throughout the course of your relationship and your experience as a bonus mom
1: like the biggest thing is that family is not by blood and that um yeah that's a big thing and also i think like personally i've learned that i don't know there's so many things um i i think like my biggest personal lesson has been realizing that like God puts you into places and brings you people that you didn't know you needed to bring you down a path you didn't expect and didn't expect and to just totally change your life like I just am a firm believer that the universe brings you the people that you're meant to be with and then to some extent too it's like you just learn and grow through your experience and I don't know I don't know so many things with that but just like I feel like I was brought into this situation for a reason and it like, there's, there's some element of just like how different things kind of like work in a line to bring you different people. And it's like, wow, like I'm exactly what they didn't know they needed. And they were exactly what I didn't know I needed.
0: I love that. Uh, I I love the line of uh, like the fact that like family is not, blood necessarily like i see like i I have a a couple of cousins who are like regular regular viewers of this chat and like they'll tell you we have people in our family who like we call aunts uncles cousins or whatever but like realistically they're not blood related they're just they're around at the the same time like i have cousins and aunts and uncles who like when i get married next year like there are people who are not relatives that are like oh of course they're invited and then there are aunts and uncles and i'm like i see them once a year at best like I feel like if I can't recognize you by name, you probably shouldn't be at my wedding. Like, that's just my feeling. Uh, but like, so that's why I don't believe in the whole, like, but they're family. Like, family has a different de- definition to you than it does to me. Um, I guess the last question that I had, is what is the best advice you have or one of the best pieces of advice you have for anyone who's thinking about dating a single parent or is early on into the stages of dating a single parent?
1: stay true to yourself and what you believe, like don't try to change or compromise for somebody else. And also don't like, don't try to be perfect. Um, you know, just be you and be yourself. And if, you know, it doesn't work and you don't feel aligned and, you know, whatever it doesn't, it, it doesn't go the way you'd hoped it's okay. Um, it's better to be honest and like, try to stick with something that doesn't feel right, because then you end up hurting other people, but also just like, Go in with it with openness. Be yourself, and don't try to be perfect. just be you, because being yourself will take the pressure off of you, and it will allow you to be a better version of yourself, as opposed to like a stressed and high-strung version of yourself.
0: I think that that's excellent advice. I've looked forward to a conversation, whether it was either phone or or Zoom call or you know virtual call, or whatever. Or if we ever. Cross paths in real life whatever for years so this has been a a true thrill of mine Um, like I said I thought I think a lot of people will get a lot of value I saw we have a lot of single parents people dating single parents um, who hopefully got some value out of this Um, so one thing I've I've realized that I'm bad at in the previous 19 episodes is I don't give them a chance to plug all of their (laughs) all of their items and whatnot so like where can people find you on Instagram Twitter Facebook your, your businesses like how can people learn more about you and follow more of your work
1: well, first, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity and the ability to connect with you, so thank you. This has also been really fun to talk about and just open up, so I really appreciate it. Um, as far as connecting with me, there's so many different places. Uh, this is my Instagram account, so you can connect with me, it's uh, just underscore Marissa Donnelly. My business is Be A Light Collective, um, so you can find that on Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Uh, and then I mentioned, like, for the relationship side of things, I started um, Momish Moments. So, at Momish Moments is a Instagram for uh, blended family, step-parents, bonus parents. And that really, like, talks about my journey. And then I just launched, um, actually, last week, Step-by-Step step Parents, uh, at Step-by-Step step Parents on Facebook and Instagram as well. And that's with my partner, Franco Zavala. And we're just creating a community for blended families. So, I think those are, like, the big ones. But... Yeah, you can find me pretty much on all social networks, um, and I share a lot of my heart and life. So, if you've enjoyed getting to know a slice of it, <laughs> well, join me in the journey because there's plenty more.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> well, Marissa. Thank you very, very much. Like I said, I know I know you got plenty on on your plate to deal with. So you carving out an hour of time, it, I'm very appreciative for.
1: It was a privilege. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank
0: you. Um, best, best luck with you, James, and the little one. And uh, I know we'll be in touch in the weeks and months and such to come of
1: course and congratulations on finding your person. I you so love to see how happy you are. So.
0: Thank you very <laughs> much. I appreciate it. Have a great night and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. I hope you got some value out of, out of tonight's chat. Um, like I said, I've, I've loved Marissa's work for years, whatever. And I think that she's just, she's the type of person that like, when I followed her work, I'm like, I would really want to get to know her. She seems like a genuine warm soul and, and good person so it was something that like I've always just wanted to meet her just in general like before I had a podcast a show an Instagram live stream or anything like that um, so like, I would strongly recommend that you follow her on as she says all of the things she's a, a phenomenal writer um, obviously just a talented creator all around if you have any other questions like I said you know where to find me on DM you can also email me if you want to keep it even more like anonymous at dailymikedropinfo at gmail.com And I'll check that and get back to you if you have any questions. Just in general, I'll happily answer you whenever (laughs) I get around to it. But uh, have a wonderful night, and uh, I will see you all tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Peace.